Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. I'm Michael. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. And I had to put a collar shirt on tonight, right? Uh, thanks for inviting me to speak, Luis. Um, especially on fear. It's nice. So we're in the resentment inventory, and we're going to look at fear. Welcome to our newest members, and quite a few of us have done the fourth and fifth step and looked at the section I'm talking about, and a couple of us here tonight are just getting ready for it. Right on, just getting ready for it. So hopefully something I say here from my experience of the book is helpful, and if you're new and wondering why we're talking about fear when I just came here to stop drinking and using... Whew, once I put down the drink and the drug, the, the anxiety mostly is what came up first, was the anxiety, but I actually had to be clinically treated for the anxiety, but even after the anxiety was cleared away and kind of settled down, I look at, at in my inventories how I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, and fear makes my decisions through my day, and as fear makes decisions for me, I end up in places and consequences I don't want to be in, and then I blame the world and things uh, consistently get worse when I'm driven by fear. So I'm going to read the parts of the book relating to that and then share some experience around it as well. And then I brought uh, one of the fear grids that we normally use as well. So 6-7 I think is where we're at on the fear. Yeah, okay. So notice that the word fear is bracketed inside of our inventories. Our inventories against the world. Bitterness, resentment, I put them all on paper. All the areas where I'm mad at God's people and God's world, I put them on paper. I see the areas of self that are affected by this resentment, this angerness about how the world treated me. And then alongside that, I'm gonna put the fears associated with those. And I'm gonna come up with a list of fears and I'm gonna categorize them. And then later in the fear grid, I'm actually going to put them to paper and actually see my own fears on paper, and I'm going to ask why I have them. Notice that the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties or the resentments um, in our inventory. This short word, fear, somehow touches about every aspect of my life. It is an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of my existence was shot through with it. So... I think that that's a really great description of it because if it's a fear is an evil and corroding thread running through the fabric of my existence or the fabric of my life, I can look at it in two ways that really have been helpful for me is if I'm sailing, God is my wind, God is my power and I have this sail and this sail is a material that has a little bit of fear running through it and it's a corrosive thread it's going to start to rip that thing to shreds absolutely when I need it most. I'm still going to have God there, but my life is going to be falling apart from this corrosive thread burning holes in everything I have. The other way of looking at it is if I have a sweater designed to protect me from the elements and it has a weak corrosive thread, fear running through it, it's not going to protect me and insulate me from life when I need it the most. Fear is going to rip me to shreds and expose me and leave me open to harm. So I think the, that is a really great description of it. 
fear and, and me allowing fear to make my decisions sets in motion trains of circumstance which brought me misfortune I felt like I didn't deserve. So I'm acting out of fear or I'm hiding out of fear and I start to get consequences in my life and I blame you guys. But when I look at it on paper, isn't it actually fear that put me in that very place to be harmed in the first place? But I can't see it. I can't see it. I'm going to talk about a little bit about my experience with fear is don't have fear. You don't have fear. Grow up. Grow up. Grow beyond your fears. Don't be afraid. Man up. I mean, we live in a society that tells us we're not supposed to be afraid, right? You're a strong, independent woman or you're a strong man. Man up and just don't have any fear. And it ends up in a place where I act like I don't have all the fears that I actually have. And then when I'm weak in a, strong, in a situation that needs me to be strong, I fail and I take shame on myself and I blame myself. And I get more and more blocked off from people. And I can't even tell the people that I trust that I'm afraid because I don't know it. All I know is I'm so angry at everybody in the world or belligerent or rejection. That's the other way that fear blocks me off is I'll just reject you. I won't say I'm afraid of you. I'll just reject you and I will call you the problem and I will run away from life. And then I will get worse and worse and I won't understand why. Fear is driving me. Fear makes my decisions when I'm stuck in the spiritual malady or in resentment and bitterness. And I don't see it coming that way. But did not we ourselves set the ball rolling? Sometimes we think that fear ought to be classified with stealing. And I think that's really appropriate also. One of the versions of this, the original manuscript, was going to call fear a sin. I, I think that's great. That, that's wonderful. But I, I really like the way it's written in the book. Fear should be classed with stealing. Because when I'm afraid, I'm probably not doing what my third step says I should be doing. Showing up. Walking with trust. Walking with faith. Walking with power. And doing what God wants me to do. Or staying out of some things that I'm not supposed to be in that God doesn't want me in. I'm acting in fear and self-will and I'm actually stealing from God because God has some purpose in my life today and fear will block me off from that purpose. So I think it is appropriate to call fear classed as stealing. I'm stealing from God. We review our fears thoroughly. We got them all down on paper even though we had no resentment and connection with them. So I'm actually going to take all of the fears that I find on my inventories and I'm going to put them on this sheet of paper and I'm going to ask myself why I have them and I'm going to do some considerations on these. When we get to them, it might seem a little complicated, but it's super helpful, like mind-blowing to see how much I'm driven by fear. It takes driven by a hundred forms of fear, the sentence in the book, and it turns it into a total reality. Give me a five-minute warning whenever it's about right, or I'll try and keep track of it, I'll too. Let you know okay, great. So I'm going to go down the left, and I'm going to list all my fears, you know, because I only have seven of them, right? The printer jammed. Um, normally, when I start, I end up printing four of these and putting them together, and I've seen guys with eight of them put together. And I've, I've actually seen more, but I couldn't count how many pages he had put together. Um, so I'm going to list all my fears down here. And I'm going to see in my own handwriting that I'm actually driven by 100 forms of fear. And then as the book says, I'm going to go out to the right and I'm going to ask, why do I have this fear? Why do I have this fear? 
And I'm going to do a really deep prayer meditation analysis on this. This isn't going to be self-help. It's not going to be a class. I'm actually going to dive into what's driving my fears. And I'm going to get to the, to the inside of these fears. And I'm going to try and get to a place where I can see a few things. One of the things that I start to see is how repetitive my fears are. How repetitive they are. How petty. How silly. I'm afraid of the dark. Right? I'm a grown man and sometimes I'm going to be afraid of the dark. Right? But I'm also afraid of people. I'm afraid of your opinion of me. I'm, a pre- I'm also afraid of if you guys are too nice to me, then I wonder what's up. or what. <laughs> and then I got to keep a certain expectation up. You know, I'm, I am afraid of failure, but then we're also asked to look to see if I might have the opposite. So I'm afraid of failure, but I'm also really terrified of success. As I, in the past, as I've become more and more successful, this self-sabotage behavior starts to kick in, or things will be going great, and I'll suddenly get drunk and wreck it all, just like the book says, because I'm also terrified of success. I am afraid of rejection. Don't reject me, please. I don't ever want to be alone and lonely. But don't get too close to me, right? Whoa, I'm also afraid of intimacy. If you get too close to me, it will terrify me and I will reject you. So I can reject you before you reject me. Fear. And when I see it on paper, I see how contradictory it is, how repetitive it is, and that I really show no reliance on God in those fears. Some of the fears just are kind of silly when I put them on paper, but they're the reality of me running my life on, on my will, knowing that there's a God out there that will take care of me and will support me. I turn to fear instead to make my decision-making. So when I see it all on paper, I do normally get to the place at the end of it asking myself, why do I have this fear? Why do I have this fear? Why do I have this fear? What's underneath it all? Underneath it all, I get to a place where it either repeats or I find that there's not really any reliance on God. And I don't want to give up the full ghost on that because I think in the fifth step when you're delivering it to your step partner or your sponsor, there's an experience there that's probably better one-on-one. But I will tell you that putting my fears to paper and analyzing it and asking why I have these fears and taking it to prayer and meditation has really changed me on the inside, inside out. And I don't live with fear today. I, I don't live master, mastered by fear today. I don't live a slave to fear today. I live with fear integrated in my life in a way that it is fear. I can acknowledge it. I can say it out loud. Or if my sponsor or a good friend says, hey, that sounds like fear talking. Instead of denying it or getting angry about it, I can actually go, oh, um, yeah, I'll take a look at that. Or, or, hey, you know what? You're right. That's come up on my inventory before. Hey, I'm going to ask God to, for help on that. I can see it clearly today instead of running away from it. And I don't have to live so dominated by it and I don't have to live so angry. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper. We asked ourselves why. Wasn't it because self-reliance, me running my life, failed me? Self-reliance was as good as far as it went. A lot of areas, work, Kind of some of some of the romance department might it worked in some of these areas, but it really never solved the real problems in my life. Some of us had great self-confidence, but it didn't solve the fear problem either because I was acting as if I wasn't afraid when I really was. It was fake. Um, when it made us cocky, it was worse. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. 
am I now going to be living on a basis of trusting and relying upon God? We are now, I am now going to trust infinite God rather than my fear. Infinite God rather than my own decision making. And it's not because I'm dumb. It's not because I'm so broken that I can't make decisions. It's because I trust God to make my decisions and guide my life more than I trust myself at this point. And I begin to align my life with God. And then I have to be less afraid anyways, because like we become into the flow and God helps us all along the way. If I'm fighting it, if I'm resisting or I'm anxious about it or I'm rushing, it's probably Michael's will, not God's will. It doesn't mean I don't have to work. It doesn't mean that there isn't some heavy lifting ahead, but it is supported by this pro program, 12 Steps and God, not by forcing, pushing, and my will. So, I'll close with this. At some point in my work, I can get to a place where I'm no longer going to apologize for not being able to do it on my, on my own and for relying and depending on our creator. I laugh at those who people, people who think that spirituality is the way of weaknesses. Good Lord. <laughs> this is not an easy walk to walk the spiritual path. It's actually it takes a lot of uh, gusto. Um, paradoxically, it is the way of strength. The virtue of the ages is that faith means courage. All of us going forward will have courage to walk this path. We trust God. We let God demonstrate through us what God can do. And at once we commence to outgrow fear. So as the fears come up, especially the ones that I've already seen on my inventory, as those fears crop up in my day, as soon as I catch it, the very first one, I'm hoping to say, hey, God, I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling less than. I'm feeling judged. I'm feeling disrespected. Five minutes? Okay. Please remove that. Direct, my th direct me to what you would have me be, okay? And be is not always an action. So for me, because I used to like to fix things, break things, yell a lot, make a bunch of drama, I used to like to do a lot of stuff to distract myself from being present. Now it's more of a be. God direct me to who you would have me be today. And a be for me came up in my inventory. The be is patient, kind loving, tolerant, pause, just wait, just wait. Then, if necessary, I can make a response instead of a reaction, because, you know, probably all of us can relate. It was always a reaction, reaction, reaction. And before I know it, I broke a bunch of shit and didn't know why everybody's pissed. And it was because I was afraid and I was in rage. So now I pause. Patience, kindness, tolerance, love. And if I start in that place, most of the time God will take care of the rest of it anyways, but occasionally I have to do something. I do a clear response instead of a reaction. And at once we commence to outgrow this place where we're afraid. I'm not driven by fear today in the way that I was before. And I didn't even see it that way. I was just driven. I didn't know what I was driven by before. I was just like, Mur! you know, couldn't stop myself, right? And now I can slow it down just enough to pray about it and grow beyond it. There's a lot of times, including, you know, getting up in front of people is not my most favorite thing in the world. You know, there is a certain amount of fear and anxiety that comes with it. And so what do I do about it today is I pray. Hey, God, speak through me. Hey, God, use me. You know, God, you take care of it. And at once we commence to outgrow it because 
maybe not recently, but one of the things I used to do is as the fear used to crop up, I would disappear. <laughs> like, I thought Michael was speaking tonight. Nobody ever heard from him again. <laughs> I would get so afraid and then I get so much shame, I would just disappear and I'd never go back to that place. But there's several people that are still wondering, what the hell ever happened to Michael? Fear just poof, disappeared. So now instead of disappearing because I'm afraid, I lean into it and I let God sort it out. And really God has done amazing stuff with all of us when we show up in our own lives and we show up in each other's lives and then we can help each other walk through fear. Several of us here have and are going to walk through a lot of difficulty and we can do it together because God has done that for us and through us. So all in there. Thank you guys very much. Uh, good evening, Dennis, alcoholic. Dennis. Um, it's hard for me to come up here and talk. I'm only two weeks sober today. Um, haven't delved into the book. I don't have a sponsor. Um, right now I'm just living 24 by 24 uh, to get through the next day. I don't know. I, I, I haven't really, you know, I was trying to reflect and think of what I was going to say when he was talking about this with fears I have. And I don't know, like right now I would like to say I don't have any, not afraid to talk to people, not afraid of confrontation, not afraid, you know, of much. There's only one thing I guess I really am afraid of, and that's death. I don't usually like to talk about it, don't like to go to funerals, but apparently that's pretty normal for people. Um, you know, when I first sobered up last Monday, two weeks ago, went through the normal struggles. I'm sure you guys all remember them, the, the shakes, the want to drink, the, you know, all that craziness, not sleeping, not doing nothing. Lasted about four or five days, and then I thought I went to normal. Um, and then I noticed when I slowed down, when I stopped to relax, was when my brain would kick. Hey, we're relaxing. Let's have a drink. And that's when I started thinking, like, man, why do I, why, why do I want to drink right now? And I realized, and I, I think I talked about this Tuesday, I don't know if you were there, that I, I reflected and I thought that alcohol is so intertwined into our society, no matter what we do, it's there. You come home from work, you're like, oh, I had a hard day's work, let me have a drink. I have the day off, I just mowed the lawn, let me have a drink. You go to a kid's second birthday, you have a drink. Like, it's so intertwined, I can't even scroll Facebook no more because the ads keep popping up for alcohol and I have to keep like pressing the button, like, I don't wanna see this ad, I don't wanna see this ad. So where I'm going with this right now is, um, I guess my fear right now is to succumb to that drink because I know how I am. I was, I was talking about this where a couple weeks ago, I actually, um, it was like my third or fourth day sober. I almost walked out the house. Well, I did walk out the house because I was, you know, my body, I wanted to sleep so bad. I was so tired and my mind was, you know, talking to me like, oh, just have one drink, just have one drink, you know, and I'll, I'll give you that sleep. And I actually walked out the house to get it because I was like, man, I, I could just handle one, you know, just to get to sleep. But then I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, you know, Dennis, you've been down this road before, you've stopped drinking before for months at a time and then you do that like, oh, I could have one, a couple days later you have one, a couple days later your body's like, oh, you could have two now, and then a couple days later three, and next thing you know you're drinking a bottle a day. And I was like, do you really wanna go through that and put your family through this again? And I was like, no. So um, I turned around and walked back into the house. Um, so yeah, I guess my fear right now, that the only one I can think about is, is that, is succumbing you know, to that drink. I've actually been doing pretty good the last couple of days where I, I could actually slow down a little bit and not have that feeling. 
I went out on Saturday for dinner with my wife and kids for the first time since I, I sobered up. And um, I don't know if I did it consciously or subconsciously, but when we sat down, I put my back to the bar so I didn't have to see it. And when we were done you know, eating, we got in the car and we left. My wife was like, was that hard for you? And I was like, actually, surprisingly, it wasn't. I was like, I didn't have the urge to drink. You know, we were talking, you know, I was engaged with the kids. We were doing things, playing tic-tac-toe and hangman. So I don't know if, you know, my mind just wasn't on it. But it's weird, too, also, because when I go to the store now, like we went to Costco the other day, you know, they got those big ass, sorry, I have a sailor's mouth, bottles of, you know, liquor. My stomach actually turned and I think it's one of those things right now with me, and I hope it lasts, where you, when you eat something you know, repetitively or do something repetitively, you just get tired of it. You don't want it no more. And um, I'm in a good place mentally and physically right now than I've been in a long time. You know, I used to wake up and now I want to do nothing. Like I would do the bare minimum. I'd get up, take my kids to school, come home, sit on the couch, watch TV, sweep up, you know, do some stuff, but just the bare minimum. And um, sorry, I don't really know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but yeah, I guess on the fear thing, I, like I said, I haven't delved into the book. I don't have a sponsor. I haven't, I don't even know the 12 steps. When I walked in and they said, we're doing the fourth step. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And if actually someone could ask this question for me later, just like me now, I, was, I, I keep hearing and I always wonder what a, a Alalon is. I'm not really sure what that is. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's my fear right now is just to come into that drink right now. Like I said, I live 24 to 24. You know, I look nice and calm, you know, I'm like that duck on the pond, just chilling, but underneath my feet are just, just trying to stay afloat. And I, you know, I, I hope it gets easier. Anyway, Dennis, alcoholic, thanks for letting me share. My name's Jason and I am a drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, so for me, you know, I come into this program with all this knowledge about the book and been through the steps a few times and um, sponsored people, all these things, right? <clears throat> I got to set all that aside. Got to set it all aside, man. I, I have to have a new experience today because here's the thing. Couldn't stay sober. Couldn't stay sober. Um, being that I'm a, I'm a drug addict and an alcoholic, I thought it was okay to go to AA, not drink, I've had drinking over three years, man. That's a miracle in itself, but call a doctor and get my prescription because I got a bad back, man. And then smoke some weed. I'm like, that was okay, right? And I uh, just did it over and over and over again. I'd get like four or five months, right? I'd come clean with everybody, get honest, all this crap. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had really good experiences and spiritual experiences but nothing like what's happening in my life right now and the importance of setting aside that knowledge and and how humble i have to be a guy like me i mean i'm a business owner i'm god's gifted me with the with a strong mind and, and i lead people and that's a gift and it's cool but not in here you see that was part of my problem right I, I'm, I'm gonna do it better than you i'm gonna do it faster than you I'm going to make sure everyone around me is straight. That's not how this thing works, man, right? So as far as the fear inventory goes with the big book awakening process, I'm not there yet. I'm at the second step, right? So I don't know nothing about it, man. I don't know shit. And, and, I'm, and I'm excited, but I'm also, it, there's a level of humility that's required to, it, it is forcing me to set aside what I think I know. I have to say that set aside a prayer 
multiple times a day, every time I open the book, every time I'm, I meet with my sponsor. But what's happening is I'm having this personal experience that is like, it's awesome, right? Um, you know, I'm at the second step today, and, and one of the things I transcribed, so I, I can share about that, was, um, you know, God's going to reveal himself to me the more that I reveal myself to me. It's like, bam, that's profound. Like, that's why I'm here. You know what I mean? When I wrote that shit down in that red pen and the bottom margin, I'm like, got to flip the book sideways so I can just write that little shit in there, right? I was like, man, that's what this is about. It's beautiful. Because now I'm having a real profound experience with this thing. Okay, but there are some things that I have learned in here. Having this profound experience on rebuilding my foundation, my foundation had cracks in it. So me and this, my step guy, we had to rip the slab out. We had to lay new bedrock. We just got done pouring the concrete. Now I'm talking about dropping the cornerstone. Okay, that's all. That's where I'm at today, bro. And this is three and a half years in AA, and I haven't had a drink since 2018. And I drank for 30 years every day. And I smoke weed for 30 years every day. 33, because I was doing it here these last three years, right? But what I do know, and I can let you know this, Dennis, is that if you are alcoholic, if you are, I don't know. I can't proclaim anybody but myself. Without a sponsor, without these steps, you will drink again. I promise you that. Now, I don't know if you're alcoholic, but I've proven it time and time again. I've never seen a real alcoholic be able to control his drinking, stop when he wants to, do it on his own power. It's impossible. We would not be sitting here Monday night. I drove from freaking Alpine, bro. I would not be here if I could be at home with my wife for 28 years right now watching some Yellowstone or some, something we were talking about before the meeting, right? I would not be here. So the reality is, bro, when I take a drink, I can't control the amount I take. And when I want to stop on my own power, I can't seem to find how. I can't do it. So I come here. And there is a power here, especially in the big book awakening process. Take it from me because I've been in a lot of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's great. And it's alive and well out there. Don't get me wrong. I know some really great people, man. One of them sent me here. So I will drink again. And now after rebuilding this foundation, I know I will get high again. I'll call the doctor tomorrow. I'll, I'll get my 56 Percocets for 28 days, man, and I'll be taking, you know, whether I need them or not. Do I hurt? Yeah. But so what? I'm powerless over that too today, and this has helped me to understand that. How crazy is that? I got two herniated discs in my back and a blown-out knee, and I'm a painting contractor. I'm out there busting my ass for a living, and I can stand here and say, thank you, God, for placing your healing hands upon my body and relieving my pain. Even when I'm in pain, power. There is power here, dude. So if you want some of it, first thing he told me, man, I said, you know, I think I'm a, I'm a drug addict. So, and he said, Jason, all you got to admit right now, you need help. And, he, and I knew what that meant. That meant I got to start the steps over. I got to submit to this process again. I got to go to a room of strangers. Here I am today. So God bless you, man. Thanks for me share. Hi, Janice, alcoholic. Janice. Fear. Thank you, Michael. Very good subject. I'm very experienced at this subject. You know, fear. I've been fear probably from the time I was born. You know, 
I was born on the way to the hospital, never got there. So I'm sure there was a lot of fear there. Not that I was cognitive of it, but I picked it up. I've had a lot of trauma in my life, which was a lot of fear. So when I get to do the step work, and I get to put my fears down on paper, and I get to see them, and every time I do my step work, there's always a theme. You know, and and I get to see that there's a lot of delusion behind this fear. You know, and I get to ask myself, "Is this true?" You know. Is this absolutely true? Is this 100% true? And I haven't found a time where it's not. Where the fear, the fear is not true. Okay. I can't say that. There's probably a couple of times that just she went. Anyway, I won't go there. Um, But these days, I'm not like Matt, like, um, I'm sorry, I'm nervous. Um, Mike said, um, it doesn't master me. Well, it does when I'm up here speaking, okay, <laughs> or when I have to speak, it masters me. But um, all the other time. Now, you get me in a business room, you know, I'm like you, I'm a business person. You know, you get me into a business room. I don't care, men, women, whoever they are, I don't care if they're presidents of my company, I can sit there and I can do it, you know, and I have all that gunctions to do that. But you get me into a setting where I don't, it's not my, it's not performance, it's not my paycheck, it's not, you know. Um, I go into this little girl and I'm just completely fearful, you know. I'm worried about what you have to say about me. Because it's not about facts, it's not about, you know, you know, knowing, 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 you know, and producing the facts. You know. And especially in the rooms, it's 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 all about experience. You know, it's all about the heart. And that's very vulnerable. My first time of doing the steps was about vulnerability. You know, my whole entire fear grid was about being vulnerable. You know, um, and when I think about it, once you, once I put it on paper, and once I can see the delusion about all of it, and once I can see that this is one of my deep-seated beliefs, these fears, when I go through it, I see that these are my, these are my beliefs. You know. And I get to ask God to remove them. And the thing is, is that I really don't have to do anything about it. You know, God gets to remove all my fears. At least that was my, that has been my experience, you know. And not only has these fears been removed from me, many of them, um, because they've been removed, I get, 
I get this power come in, you know? And this power talks to me, this power, um, uh, when I go into meditation, I have these visions, I, you know, I mean, this power is just absolutely wonderful. You talk about the healing. The healing is just, you know, whose pain is this, right? You know, God, take that away. And for, you know, this just energy just comes in and it just removes itself, you know? It, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing. I, I share with anyone that is just starting, you know, this is so worth it. You know, I mean, transcribing, transcribing allows you to get connected from, from your internet, in it, uh, internet, no, anyway, your mind to your heart, you know, and it allows you to subconsciously, after you transcribe everything, your mind starts to work, the energy starts to come in, and it, it just starts to work all through you, and and you don't really have to do anything but put pen and paper together and see it. And all this stuff just, you know, somehow gets removed, you know. So these days I stand there because I'm dealing with my emotions. I'm not acting out. I'm, it's all inside. And I just, I give myself 24 hours before I respond. Because I have figured through my last trauma that I had that if I'm not bleeding and I'm still breathing, I don't have to do anything. You know? That I can sit with myself and I can sit with God to find the right response to somebody, the right action to take. I don't need it right away. And it's okay for me to go back to someone and say, you know, we were talking about this the other day, blah, 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 blah. Um, and um, so I give myself at least 24 hours, you know, before I respond to anything. And trust me, my body, I'm training the adrenaline in my body. What's happening is that my adrenaline is being changed inside my body to a more even kill. Um, and... And I'm not doing any of this on my own, you know. My thing is, in my side of my head all the time, is God, God, God. I don't know what to do. God, 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 I don't know what to do. Help me, help me. That's constantly when my whole, my 24 hours, that, you know, whenever I'm awake, I'm, I'm always talking to God. And God is always talking to me. If I can just not be in the fear, you know, thank you for letting me share. Octavio Alcoholic. Octavio. Yeah, one of the yeah, biggest fear, you know, that I had coming to the program is just like, you know, drinking again. And because I know where that would take me, right? Like, well, my family and just breaking up the family because I've done so much, man, and I promised so much to from my parents to my wife and and I and I had uh, some injuries at work that I have some pain you know and I live with chronic pain um, and I know I don't take any of that medication because I know as well that I could get addicted to that so 
So I'm doing acupuncture right now and I'm finding resources. Like I'm going to say twice a month, I go get a body massage and focus on those areas. Uh, so yeah, fear of not belonging, fear of not being good enough. I, I see that pattern, you know, I, I do so well in certain things and then I hit a stopping point and, and I got to reach out to God and ask for, for guidance, you know, because I will sabotage a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, fear of losing my, my, my family in a sense, uh, you know, like an accident, my daughter does sports and her getting injured and, and um, not be able to provide for my family if something happens to me, you know, I do ride a motorcycle and I, and there's times where I'm just trying to be careful and, yeah, not be able to be there for, for them financially, it's, it's one of my, my things, you know, so being a provider and being there emotionally, you know, like my, my wife has the struggles right now with her father being on, um, he has dementia and Parkinson and, and the medication don't work on him because he has some kind of level of Parkinson that medication not really uh, working. So, so there's a lot of fear. My wife was in tears yesterday because, um, you know, his blood, blood pressure drops, uh, he doesn't want to eat and he's in and out of school facilities and and she's just kind of facing the reality that she's going to end up losing her father, you know, soon. And she says, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know what we're going to do with mom because she has an apartment. She won't be able to afford it. So there's a lot of fear there. So just being part of this program, man, gives me tools to do some active listening and be there for her. And she was just opening up, you know, and we we're watching TV. And we had the volume a little low, but then <laughs> this thing came out and said where there's a... Uh, where there's pain, where, where there's anger, there's pain. And she just says, shit, that's just speaking to me. And it was the spirit speaking to us, you know, and, and, I, and she reflected on what was going on in her life. So again, just standing still and listening, it's a, a thing that I got better at. And thank you, Mike, for your share. And man, I, I share about the fellowship. You know, the fellowship is hanging out with the guys and going out to those retreats. And we're going to do another one coming up in Malibu and... Those things keep me going, man, and I and I really um, appreciate everyone, everyone here. So thank you. Hi, I'm Luis, I'm an alcoholic. Michael, thank you so much for your share tonight. And Dennis, welcome. I mean, I remember when I first got here. I mean, that's you're exactly where you're supposed to be. I mean, that's where we were all, you know. Um, and so. The good news is, you know, um, somewhere like on, in the big book, right before we take step three, it, it tells us that um, alcohol is baffling and cunning and there's, you know, and we need access to power, to, to, to God that's all power and that we come under his protection, his care. And I can say that that promise has come true in my life and as a result of that over time I'm coming up on seven years is where before I had this liquid courage this false confidence based on my self-will which clearly if I'm here it completely failed <laughs> right but the good news is that over time as I've learned this is about a relationship you know, this whole program is about developing a very deep and personal, intimate, if that were, you know, relationship with a higher power. 
you know, I found a loving God as this book points us towards. And because of that, I have God confidence. And with that God confidence, I'm no longer like before, when I got here, before I got here, just trying to survive. But today I'm living a life where I'm thriving. And yes, fear still crops up. I mean, I was telling uh, someone earlier, I was sitting here back there last week, someone shared and I got convicted because I realized that I'm stuck on a project that I had basically given myself a deadline of October and October's come and gone and I'm still, I wasn't able to launch it. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm asking God in that moment for help, help me get unstuck. I mean, and, and the reality is, is that to launch, there's decisions I have to make, you know? And um, so, so with everything, we don't want to mess up. Or, or, or what, what the fear of what's, what do those decisions look like, right? But luckily, just, just by not trying to be perfect and just, and just letting it, publishing it, then that's when the, the beauty comes from it, which is we get to then build upon it more than I could ever imagine. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, growing up, reputation was everything as a, as a kid. And that was the stupidest thing. But it got me into so much trouble trying to keep my rep. And recently, someone, and I had a conversation with someone, and then that person, then someone disagreed on what I did. And there's a legal agreement between us. And I prayed to God, and ultimately what God said was, this is just a difference of interpretation, interpretation of what's in the agreement. So, let the lawyers hash that out. You know, don't, don't even engage it, you know, and if it's a big, it's not a big deal, but if it's really a big deal, that other person needs to talk to their attorney, right? That's what they're there for. And, and they got, I didn't see them for like four days and then they confronted me on it because they were angry about something else and you could just see the anger and the fear and they, and they want to arguing in public, and I'm like, now's not the time, you know? As I walk away, that person says, you coward. And the old me would have wanted to respond and engage, and instead, today, again, that protection and care, I know that, you know, who I am today, and I can't afford, the reality is, I can't afford to engage in stuff like that anymore, you know? I can't. To love well means to not easily get angered. In the beginning when I got here, I was as sensitive, feelings got hurt, you know, got offended. You know, that's how it was for the first couple years. Because step three prayer, and I'll close with this, it says God's building in us. And then that process takes time. But the beautiful part is better than I, than I were built on my own. <laughs> and it's brought me here and surrounded me with all these beautiful and loving people, you know? And so thank you so much for the share. Benjamin, addict, alcoholic. Um, yeah, funny topic, because we were just talking about that earlier. Um, and 
I think I've always felt like there's been, there's more to, um, to discover as far as the reasons and the sources behind my, my using um, and my wanting to escape myself. And so it's, I'm very scared to see it happen because I've always wanted to have shit together. Um, I've never wanted to depend on, you know, some welfare or food stamp thing. I've all, cause I grew up like that. So my fear is like finances to, to want to be able to be like steady and to be able to be opposite of what it, what it was in my childhood and to have like more than, and, and I'm just doing it all on my own. And then finally it just spilled over emotionally and mentally at work. And through that, um, that fear of the unknown, um, I was able to come here, come to church and then everything just kind of slowly opened. Um, but it was, I was fearful because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like I know my God and I know what he's capable of, but at the same time, um, I need to be able to allow him to reveal things because I got used to it, um, doing it on my own. And especially because I got angry at God with my, my marriage, my ex-wife and stuff like that, you know, um, meeting her in the church and then thinking this is God's fault or I'm pissed at God because of this happening. Like I did everything right. I went to all the seminars, did all the meetings, did all the time and worship team, all this stuff. And it still went to shit. But I discovered that in that moment of, of anxiety and fear that, that he's always been there. And it's just about me. He's just waiting for me, like, all right, like, whenever you're ready, you know? And um, I was scared for a long time, but, you know, I'm still excited today. There's a lot of anxiety, and we were talking about that, like, like what's, what's the reason why? And then Lewis kept asking me, like, why? And then why? And I'm like, I don't know. But there's something in there, and I, and I really am excited, and I'm fearful to see what it is. Um, and I'm excited to move forward on, on this, um, work, you know, on the workbook. Um, I've never done 12 steps before. I've always said, oh, I don't do that. That's not my thing. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I did everything else that I could, right? There, um, at chiropractor, I do that stuff too um, for my pain management. And I, you know, I read, uh, you know, four agreements and fucking alchemists and all this other stuff and do all these other things. And then all of a sudden, I'm like pouring out emotionally damaged at work. And I work with other addicts too, and, and it's crazy because um, the fear of letting somebody else see me in a state that my mom always said, don't let them see you cry. Mm. And so I just, I've always been different and it just, you know, poured out. And eventually I was stuck there, um, you know, suspended from work, fearful of losing my job, fearful of what's going to happen. Um, even though I was speaking life life will still happen itself. Like it'll do what it's going to do and God's going to do what needs to be done. And so, yeah, I was very fearful, but in that fear, I discovered the vulnerability and I discovered God again. Um, and the things that he did for me just to get me here. Um, it was a trip, you know, like I go to church, I expect to get prayer from another man or another guy because that's just how I am. Right. And then I'm a f like, when I'm walking down to go do it, cause I've already decided it's a female. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, whatever, then I need prayer still. And then in that prayer, she revealed this meeting to me afterward. And so had it been someone else, maybe that wouldn't have, but it was God, you know? 
and it was so awesome because then the first time I came here, I never, I'm fearful too of meeting new people because this is my new self and, and I'm still discovering it. But, um, but yeah, I parked all the way on the other side, all the way on the other side. And I didn't know where I was going and I was like, oh crap. And I was just walking around and then I finally go, okay, it's probably up there, upper campus. And there's a huge, huge steps, you know, all these big steps. And I'm like, this is so fitting, of course. You know, how bad do you want this? And so I loved it walking up the stairs and it just, all that fear um, turned into um, blessings and turned into favor and turned into a discovery. And so, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful to be here today, be alive and to be doing the things that others aren't able to do because they've passed away through this, this uh, allergic reaction or this disease, you know, so. Uh, thank you guys so much. Hey, I'm Andres Alcohawk. Um, welcome again. Glad to see you. Uh, two weeks in a row, man. Good job. Um, I'm, I was surprised. You know, I don't have much time as well. I'm, I'm coming up on my third month. And uh, I'm surprised how just showing up and doing the work, even if just showing up, it's just like, 75, 80%, at least for me, in my, in my case, like to just not have those feelings of wanting to drink anymore, seeing open bottles of wine in my house because my parents, you know, can still have a bottle and I just, the feeling's gone, the cravings are gone. Um, but I think, you know, I've been a little frustrated in, in my recovery and that's when the fear kicks in because last time I tried going sober I got frustrated I wasn't getting the benefits of recovery fast enough. And um, I think as people with addictive behaviors and, and, and alcoholics or addictive natures, you know, we're used to wanting something and going to get it right away, you know. I'm feeling fear, I'm feeling any type of emotion I don't like, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go get a beer, it'll lead to a few more and make those feelings go away, make the pain and suffering and all that stuff go away. So I know at this point in my recovery, it's like, uh, I, I start to get frustrated. It's like, why isn't the patience coming, the serenity, the, you know, all these things that are, I don't want to say promise, but all these things that, you know, you expect out of recovery. And, and I'm, you know, and you start being impatient that the patience isn't coming up. So, you know, I just got to be careful and, 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 and keep it, you know, I'm trying to keep it zen. I know I feel fear at least a few times throughout the day. And I just got to sit with it, try to understand why it's there because I can't control it. The only thing I can control is how I react to it. So, you know, there's been few times where, you know, the, the, the fear pops up and, and, yeah, I start to think about, you know, taking a drink and making it all go away, but then, you know, you're just back to square one and have to do it all again. So, you know, I'm, I, I think this is a long journey. It's, it's you know, forming the right habits. It's um, taking it slow, taking it easy. I mean, doing the work, it's hard. D doing the work is very hard, you know. It's like we have years and years and years of forming neural networks or pathways in our brain that are just all negative, all based on fear. So it's like, you know, if that was a garden, we've grown freaking forest and jungles. So, you know, when you, you stop drinking, it's suddenly like, okay, I'm ready to be normal now, but 
you've already formed your way of thinking such like steeped in fear and negative rationale that you know you're gonna keep thinking that way it's not gonna be like okay so now that's over now I'm you know gonna be all love and sunshine and rainbows and good times I think you know having a conscious shift and really changing it's very very hard work but I keep coming because I see a lot of people here that have done that change and that gives me hope you know and and that's what I'm gonna keep coming back for because if people if people here have done it and people all over you know the world have done it that means I could do it if people in worse shape than me can do it that means I can do it so you know patience and just keep going at it and you know know that there's there's ways there's people out there that done it all right that's it I was like, oh, hey guys, Marco, alcoholic. Um, uh, Michael, thanks for your share, as usual. And welcome in. Yeah, um, I haven't been in here for too long. I actually came in on, in August, on August 29th was my first day here. And I remember being like, how did this happen again? Because um, earlier this year, I was sober for like six months and uh, I relapsed this summer. And um, I wasn't working the steps, but um, I'm definitely grateful to be here. So welcome, man. Yeah, two weeks is I'm, it's really difficult, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, on the topic of fear, um, I just finished my first step, um, so pretty um, scared to start the second one. It's kind of the same feeling I had with the first one, but now that it's over, I was like, oh, I think I overthought it, you know, like, what was I expecting, you know, it was like, not easy, but it's like, I was just watching a video yesterday that was like actually talking about fear, about it's like the anticipation of future things that probably aren't even ever going to happen. But, um, yeah, just getting a better understanding of that. I was definitely fearful when I saw Andres get up, and I noticed I was the last one that wasn't talking. I was like, oh, no, my heart was already, like, pounding, because normally I'm a pretty good talker when it doesn't have to be about myself. Like, if I'm at work or it has to do with anything else but myself, I could talk for hours about it, and I get along with people pretty well. But digging deep into myself and being vulnerable and, like, coming up here and saying, like, I'm not even looking at you guys, you know? Um, yeah, that's like my biggest fear right now. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening guys. And, uh, hopefully throughout this process, I can come up here and maybe, I don't know, talk with you guys or maybe share a little bit more, but thank you guys. Anyone else? Might as well. No más quedo yo, carnal. Mikey, thank you, brother. That was amazing, man. Like always, my name is Oliver. I'm an alcoholic. Oliver! And, um, you know, I was thinking in my chair right now. You know, I mean, I'm doing a workshop right now. We're, we're starting to do the second step. And, and this year, through this workshop, I had this big thing, man, this big spiritual uh, thing. And I have read it 20 times, but this year, for some reason, clicked. You know, the book says that lack of power is my dilemma, but I never understood why. You know, this year came to me, you know, it's, a, it's, it's my dilemma because I'm trying to change something. And what's that something? It's me. Try to change my fear by my own, change my situation by my own, my thinking. I love the way that Andre just said about all this neural shit that we build and forest and this. And it's stupid of me to think that I can change that. You know, I can see God mowing all that. But because I tried it for many, many, many years. And so lack of power is my dilemma. Why? Because I always try to change me. I never loved me. I always hated the guy that looked back at me in the mirror. So for me, that was like, wow. You know, the first step is, is one thing that I have read many times. But it just, it just clicked. And uh, 
And with fear, you know, I was, my life is based on fear, but I didn't know it, man. It's like a fish that is swimming in the water, man. And, and he doesn't know what water is because I mean, that's where it lives. That's, that's where it was. I didn't know what I was afraid of, but I was always afraid of. I mean, I, I knew that fear controlled my life, but I didn't know what fear controlled my life. You see, I just, I could tell you that, yeah, my problem is that I'm afraid. You're afraid of what? Right? And that's where the grid is great, because I could see exactly what I'm afraid of, you know. I was afraid of admitting that I was afraid. I don't know if that makes any sense. You know, I, I pretty much screwed my life, and I did it on my own. I mean, I lit a, uh, a match, and I threw it at my house, and I saw it burning, and I thought it was a great idea, man. And I told myself, you know, something's no big deal. Get some balls and start all over again. Well, my house was burning. You know, I could have done something, but I mean, I, I, I destroyed my life on my own. Nobody did anything to me. I'm no victim of life. Everything that happened in my life is because of a wrong decision. I can say that today. But for me to say that, I was too afraid of facing that fear, you see, because if that meant total destruction of my ego. And the only thing that I had back then was my best idea, my ego. So for me, fear, I mean, I was afraid of fear. I mean, fear is just, it's just, it's a I mean, it's, it's everything for me, man. It's everything that blocked me from living, from joy, from love, from intimacy, from God, from my brother, from my mother, from, from my everything, man. I was just afraid of, of everything. But the sad thing is that I didn't know it, man. You know, and I heard all these people and I manipulated all these people. And I, you see, I'm, I'm well-versed. I, I have read a lot. So I, 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 I you know, I mean, they, my friends used to call me the manipulator, man. You know, you always get your way, brother. I was, I was good with words. I'm a good salesman, you know, but I use all that and everything that God has given me, man, to hide that fear. Fear of not being loved, fear of not being accepted, fear of not being uh, uh, good enough. You know, there are little fears, you know, that, I mean, because today I, I, I ask my, uh, the people that I work with, man, what are you afraid of? And he said, well, actually, I'm not afraid of anything. I said, really? So why do you get angry? Well, because I don't like people to judge me. I said, hey, there you go. So then you're afraid of being judged. So the, the work in BBA and this fear grid, man, to me was so amazing because he helped me see that I was afraid of everything and nothing. You know, I wanted to make all this money, but I was afraid shitless of being successful, man. Because that would mean that I could lose it all again. I didn't want to lose it again because if I lost it again, I don't know if I could handle it this time around. So it's just, it's sickening, but it's true. Now, the beauty of fear is that today I feel fear. It would be stupid of me to think that fear will go away. That's not true. At least not in my life. It does not control me. But you know, today with my girlfriend, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not hulking a codependent, and I want her to do certain things in order for, to me, for me to be okay. That's just the way that it is, right? But today I can look at her in her, in her eyes and say, listen, I got hurt because I'm afraid of this, that, and the other. And that's a beautiful thing, man. I mean, today I can accept that I'm afraid of something, right? Before afraid of fighting, man. I cannot tell you that I'm afraid of fighting. I mean, every time I fought, I was afraid shitless. But I couldn't tell you because I would be a wimp. Well, today, you know, this guy intimidated me and I'm afraid. And it's okay to be afraid, you know? So what I resisted all my life persisted. And that fear, man, with me. I mean, every, every decision that I made in my life, good or bad, was based on fear. Good or bad. I always decided the one that gave me the least fear. 
but I never decided out of a position of strength, of hope, of faith, of, of, of plenty. It was always, if I do this, it's going to be less than that, right? Even my marriage, man, I, I, we conceived my, my beautiful daughter, Jimena, outside of marriage, and uh, I got married because I was afraid of being alone. I mean, I don't know, being afraid of what people were going to say. I mean, it's just, it's just that fear was always in, in my heart and my life. And to understand today that that fear was the one that created the illusion that drove me crazy. You see, because I lived in a lie and everything was about fear. So, man, I love to talk about fear. And today, I'm, I love to say what I'm afraid of. And I'm okay with that. It's all right. So that's all I got. Thank you guys for listening. And, um, If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.